Welcome to this episode of Little Dude's Insect Academy, where we discover more about the extremely diverse world of entomology with your host, Brayden Coy. Alright, welcome to yet another episode of Lil Dude's Insect Academy. This is episode 34, and this is part 2 to my Phil Torres interview. I released the first episode last week. Definitely go check it out if you have not listened to it. But in this episode, it's part 2, and Phil flipped the mic on me, and he asked me some questions. So we talk a lot more about Panama than the first part. The first part was really about Phil. The second part was him asking me questions about Panama. Really great episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay. Um, I'm going to flip the mic a little bit here. Brayden, me and you went to Panama uh, a few years ago, and we had the best time ever going around the rainforest and seeing all those things. I want to hear what, what are your strongest memories of that, of the species that we found and how that kind of dream of the jungle was different than uh, what you actually saw when you were out there getting muddy. Hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah. So first of all, I've talked about um, our Panama trip a couple times on the podcast, but cool. I haven't really explored everything. Um, but it was back in 2015, just for you guys that don't know. And um, I think maybe my one of my most memorable moments was probably, um, if you guys don't know, in the middle of the rainforest, sometimes the Smithsonian, in this case, actually, they put something called a canopy crane in the middle of the, the rainforest. And so something that we started to discover is that there are a bunch of different kinds of species that live in the canopy that wouldn't um, be there otherwise. And so they discovered this way of... Um, getting up into the canopy without having to climb a tree, right? Because that's there. The, the trees are really, really, really tall, like sometimes five and six stories tall. And so um, they developed this way. They would put, think of it as basically a big construction crane in the middle of the rainforest with a big metal cage on the end. And you can get in that cage and it'll raise you up and it'll swing you around inside the canopy. And you're literally above the trees and you can basically, you can basically lower down anywhere you want. And so what we started to discover is that you will see species like species of butterflies that fly really high that weren't down at the forest floor and there was no way to see them without climbing the tree. So this is a really great way to get up there. Now, this was a really amazing experience because people don't get to do that. Like only if you're a researcher with, you know, a degree in something or you're there with Smithsonian for something, only those people get to go up there. But I was just a 10 a little 10-year-old a little 10-year-old kid. <laughs> that went to Panama and they let me get in that crane and they took me and Philip. And I, I remember it was really funny because I know you're not fond of heights <laughs> and nope. but you did it. You did nope. it anyway. <laughs> and that was really fun. Um, and, but, but, but you did it anyway. And we saw some amazing things and we got up above the canopy and you could see the, the uh, Panama city skyline and all that from above the trees. And we have some great pictures from that too. But that might have been my most memorable moment. Also, 
another really memorable moment is um, we would go night bugging, right? So um, almost every night, Phil would take me out and um, we would go basically all night and just explore whatever we could. So one night, um, me, me and my dad and Phil went out and Phil got us this like tour and um, not tour, but they got somebody to take us out into one, onto one of the roads. And um, we actually got to explore during the night. And um, something that I learned is that if you shine a, shine a light at night into the, um, into the grass, you'll see these little sparkling little <laughs> dots. And I learned those were spider eyes looking right at it. Yeah. So, and I, um, I love that because right when I first showed you, it's like anybody who first sees that, you're like, that's dew drops. That's water all over the grass. Because you see dozens, hundreds of these little drops. But you get closer and you realize, nope, those are spider eyes looking back at you. It's yeah. so funny. So um, those, those night bugging trips that Phil called um, – were really amazing. Um, we went out a couple times. We um, we also we also did something called um, oh, what, what's it called? What's it called? Where they would put the light up on a sheet? Uh, black lighting. Yeah, black lighting. There we go. Um, so they would put a a um, was it a UV light? I think it was a big. I can't remember if that was a mercury vapor light or a bright UV light. I can't remember which one it was, but it was bright. That's for yeah. sure. So a really bright light in the middle of the night, they would set a sheet, a white sheet with a light right above it. And basically in the middle of the night, all the nocturnal bugs that are attracted to light, like moths, there's a lot of moths, um, a lot of beetles, all those things would come and land on the, on, on the big uh, sheet and come up and look at the blanket uh, and, and look at the light. and because they were attracted to the light and it would just draw all of those bugs right to the sheet from uh, a pretty big radius because they can tell it's there because it's a very dark you guys need to understand when it's dark in the rainforest it's really dark oh, it's yeah. literally pitch black and you can't see anything without a headlamp or a light or something like that so um if a bug knows there's a light there well, all the bugs are going to know there's a light there because it's so bright compared to the darkness. So they would all, all the bugs would come and land on that sheet to look at the light. And I also got to go out um, with Phil and a number of other entomologists that were there. And we just got to see what landed on that light. I mean, on that uh, sheet. And it was just really amazing. So I think the night bugging was probably my favorite thing about the whole trip. And also, um, one of the hikes we went out was one night we went out and we were basically in the middle of nowhere in the rainforest and it was really humid, you know, it's really hot, really humid. The middle of the night, there's all kinds of sounds. And then Phil just told us to turn off all our lights. And so we just shut off all our lights and we just sat there for a couple minutes in the pitch black just listening to all the different sounds because if you're in the rainforest it is one of the most biodiverse places ever right so you're in the middle of the of the jungle with no humans for another several miles out 
and all you can hear is all the animals, the birds, the monkeys, the bugs. The bugs are very loud. The cicadas are constant, and that's all you hear. And then, you know, the occasional drops of dew around you, and, and it's just pitch black. You can't see a thing, but you can just hear. You don't even need to close your eyes for it to be dark. You just hear things, and that's it. It's mm-hmm. it, it was amazing, and I'll never forget that. That was probably the most, um, like, amazing and stimulating um, experiences that I've ever had. It was it was amazing. So cool. So I still try to do that that experience uh, every time I go out. Every new trip, I go to the rainforest. You know, at some point at night, I have everybody turn off the lights because it is, it's just this like kind of cleanser reminder. You just feel how full the rainforest is and how powerful that life is and how diverse because you hear all different noises. So it's just, it's such a, a great thing to experience, not just on your own, but with different people. I think it's it's a very unifying thing where everybody just kind of sits in silence together or you try to be silent. The, the rainforest definitely isn't silent. But that was that was really great. I'm I'm glad you think fondly on that because that was amazing. Yeah. So, um, you've been to a lot of different like forests and stuff. Hmm. Um, have you ever noticed the different? Are there different sounds between like if you hear the sounds, is there a difference between like the Brazilian Amazon, and yeah. you know Cambodia or something like that? Oh yeah. So as part of my work being a biologist was learning the different sounds. So we had to memorize frog calls and bird calls. And over time, you also just pick up on several different insect calls when you hear something loud and you figure out what it is. So um, certainly between, uh, you know, countries, there's a pretty strong difference. Even in different parts of a forest, there's certain frogs that call it like hypsobos bones. This big frog goes, wah, wah. They only are found near still water. So when you hear that, you're like, okay, there's water nearby. And uh, so, and then there's little glass frogs that are only found near streams and they have a really high pitched beep, beep, beep. So when you hear that, you say, okay, there's a little stream nearby. So certainly within the own forest, you know, a single forest, you hear these different things. And one thing that's really cool about animals that people don't realize is that they have regional dialects and different accents, basically. Same way that in Washington, uh, Brayden, how old are you, 15? Mm-hmm. Um, so a 15-year-old in Washington, you could speak English, and then a 15-year-old in Alabama speaks English. You guys sound pretty different, but you could still fully communicate all that. Yeah. Same thing happens with uh, frogs and birds and insects. That's in one area, they may s- make the same noise, but maybe a slightly different pitch or slightly different speed. And then you go 200 miles, 500 miles, 1,000 miles away, and it's that same species making a similar noise, but different. And that's part of speciation on a big scale because those noises are kind of built to communicate with intraspecifics, others of the same species. So as they, those noises kind of differentiate and those mating signals differentiate, so can the species if they don't recognize it. But it's really uh, fascinating just how those sounds can change um, from forest to forest and also how single species its call can change from country to country wow i didn't actually know that so you guys are learning along with me with phil so yeah um yeah do you have any other questions for me just in case i think that's it 
I just want to reminisce a little bit on that trip because that was a good time. I still, I can't believe when you said you were 10 because the amount of things you knew out there as a 10 year old still boggles my mind. The amount of just all the different names of species and uh, orders of insects and all that. You, you, you were a very good student, Braden. <laughs> thank you. So I'm going to say thank you to Phil again. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Phil. It was a really great time. It was great to catch up with you and just talk about our Panama trip in this episode. Uh, if you guys missed the last one, definitely go check it out. And go check out Phil on you know Instagram. I'll also link his YouTube channel down below. And you guys can definitely follow along. He's a really cool guy. He posts pretty often and he just little updates here and there. So definitely go follow him along on his adventures and yeah i'll have those linked below make sure to share this episode with one of your friends some of your family maybe i know y'all are pretty bored in quarantine um and i get it so definitely leave some love here and we're growing this podcast actually pretty fast and i have all kinds of different interviews with really cool people that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed about this quarantine thing is I've had lots of time. Well, I have and lots of other people have have had lots of time to just do an interview with me. So I've been contacting people all the time. I've been uh, getting in contact with people. They've been like, yeah, sure, because I don't really have anything else to do. So, well, I'm not saying they don't have anything else to do, but you get what I'm saying. People are pretty free right now and their schedules are pretty empty. So I'm, I'm definitely taking advantage of it and I'm recording lots of interviews for you guys. So definitely share this episode with one of your friends and definitely subscribe and follow along for those future interviews. If you enjoyed this episode of Little Dudes Insect Academy, then consider subscribing to my channel and sharing this episode with one of your friends. You can even support me financially through my Patreon, which has a link in the description. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep on bugging.